Hello. Hello. Hi, Mark. Hi, Hillary. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing all right. It is New Year's Eve. Uh, did you know that? What a time to be. <laughs> I did, but I forgot. <laughs> what are your plans to ring in 2021? I mean, I I asked Linda if we had any. I looked at her. I was like, it's New Year's Eve. She's like, yeah. So I think we're just like, don't care. Yeah. We're probably nothing. Watch I mean, what's just, really the difference between today and tomorrow? It's the same. Yeah. we. I mean, are there going to be fireworks that I'm supposed to look at? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't. But, yeah. Uh, Andy, no, are planning celebrate. on... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. No. I said not a lot to celebrate. <laughs> That's all. Well, sure. I guess it's not the same as like years past where it's like I'm going to do all these new things in 2021 and while right. maybe I will do some new things that I haven't done in over a year like uh, a wear a dress or put a bra on um, <laughs> travel I don't know oh, traveling could, sounds so nice yeah that could be really nice I I also started school this year what so are I, you I also I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Oh. He disappeared. He hung up on me, Andy. I call him again. He hung up on me. I'm calling him back. Hello again? Hello again. What happened? I don't know. It said it hung up. Oh, I was just walking by with a bunch of loud stuff. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Are you? Where are you walking to? I don't know. Around. <laughs> Did Linda just say go take a walk and talk to Hillary? Pretty much. <laughs> she was like, "You can stay here," and I was like, "That seems weird. I feel like I need to go be my loud stuff. You're always my loud stuff." Hmm. What are uh, What are some things that you're seeing on your walk? Uh, currently a child playing tennis with another taller person, mm -hmm. probably their parents, and a bunch of beer trucks. Well, I guess that is a tradition of New Year's Eve, is people drinking. Mm. But this year, Andy and I are going to be very dairy heavy in bringing in 2021. We're making ice cream. We're making Ooh. fondue. I went Ooh. to the grocery store and ensured that I had not only lactate, but also gas X because <laughs> I don't want to kill my husband overnight, uh, considering that I am about to just consume pounds of dairy, uh, which is very unlike at least what I typically eat. Um, but that does sound, you know, more fun than going out and drinking. Usually Andy and I host, we have one party per year that we host and it's always the New Year's Eve party. Um, and I think Andy's quite relieved that we are not throwing it this year because no one is allowed inside anyone else's house. But also the, the key was every year was that at 1145, we would get everyone together to get ready to go see the ball drop on 
uh, this particular avenue in our neighborhood that does like a big ball drop and has all these lights up. Uh, and so we get to kick everyone out, out of our house by 1145. And then we'd be like, yeah, 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 we're just going to like clean up and then we'll be right there. And then we would just lock the door and go to bed. Um, <laughs> but it was a surefire way to get everyone out of the house before midnight. <laughs> and then we could just go to bed. Still three hours later than we normally do. But at least it made us look pretty cool one night a year. It's a good move. It is like a good that. move. So I don't know. Will we stay up till midnight tonight when uh, we're just eating dairy and hanging out? Maybe. I don't know. We'll have to find out uh, tomorrow. Why dairy? What? Why yeah. Why are we eating so much dairy? <laughs> yeah. Is there like you're like planning a meal and you're like, you know what we need? A ton of dairy. <laughs> um. So way back when, like when I was in college and I'd come home for the holidays, one of the things that I would do with my like good friends from high school is we would have like a fondue night at my mom's house. So either on like December 23rd or 26th, uh, I'd have, you know, like a handful of friends come over and we would have fondue and it's not just bread and cheese, uh, much I'm sure to like Andy's disappointment, though, he'll always eat all the bread. But we'd have, like, tiny potatoes and broccoli and apples and, like, pears and other things that, like, taste good with cheese. And it was just a super fun night. Um, and so I thought that since I haven't had fondue this year and we didn't, like, go home for the holidays, I was like, let's just make a big thing of fondue. The other side note is uh, – or, like, I don't know if a side note is the right word, but, like – so apparently like the dessert to have with fondue, and this is where like the dairy, sort of like the amount of dairy comes into question, but like the thing to have with fondue is to have vanilla ice cream with golden raisins that have been soaked in eau de vie for six weeks. So what? six weeks ago, I started uh, <laughs> boozing up these raisins um, <laughs> to put on top of ice cream. And so of course I could probably just have the boozy raisins, but I felt that they're supposed to go on top of the ice cream. So we're also eating ice cream. And that's what become our very vanilla and cheesy pale dairy marathon to end 2020 with, uh, I guess, came into fruition. I like this. I like all of it. Thanks. This is a fun tradition. I like the dippables. Yeah. Dippables are great. I will always be pro tater tot team. Even if Andy is on pro fry team, I'm always with you, Mark Johnson. I mean, you're fighting a good. I think so too. We like, I think, especially being at home where it's like, you know what? Like, let's get some dippable frozen items that we can have just for like a lazy meal. Be that lunch, dinner, maybe sometimes brunch, like fish sticks, fish sticks and tater tots, mm -hmm. dippable items. Cool. Dip. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Oh. Yeah. Have you more of those? Yeah. Um. Have Sorry. you been working this year? Did you get time off at the holidays? Uh, we had some off work, so I didn't have to do work work. But I like to work stuff, so I found some to work on. Nice. What did you work on? Uh. I really just like, and if they pay me bonus, but I don't really care. I'm their stuff. 
I ordered these like so You are cutting out a little bit, Mark, so I can't hear you very well right now. I'm not sure if you're... I am near a freeway, so I will go further from it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's... I feel like this year was the year where when you're stuck at home, where it's sort of like instead of working from home, you're living at work. And so finding other things to work on that aren't work that can like... <laughs> dilute the constantly being in the same exact space for all of the things that you do, which can still be really challenging. But, um, yeah, I, I know that like hobbies is something that I felt always was like, ah, that seems, I don't want to say like superficial, but it's like, oh, this is like another thing just to do. Um, but this year I really got into more hobbies. Um, like just have things that habitually, can be done and like practiced and also that I'm not looking at a computer. I've looked at a computer for more than I've ever looked at a computer, I think, in my entire life in the past nine months. Um, and so like what are things that I can do at home that don't require me looking at a screen for many hours a day? Um, so. So what hobbies have you picked up? Um, so I started reading more like I took on a couple of like big I don't want to say like big reading to do's but one of my big goals this was this year was to get through most of the James Baldwin bibliography which I've owned and I've read over time but to like read it all chronologically uh so that was a big part of like my summer was reading most of the the James Baldwin novels and nonfiction that I owned and I have about like nine or ten of his books um, so that was a big one that I was really pleased to be able to do. Um, and then still sewing. And while I didn't sew as many like beautiful things because I'm not wearing things, I wear the same thing every day. I wear black leggings and like a chunky sweater. Uh, and so I don't have a, I have no reason to make any beautiful floral dresses as I am to do most summers. Um, but I did make my own leggings. I made a swimsuit because our friends have like a hot tub backyard social distancing thing going on. Like this, I don't want to call it like a membership club, but they're like, it's going to be called outside. How do we socialize outside and also be quite comfortable? Let's put in four inflatable hot tubs that friends can reserve to socially distance and hot tub outside for the entire winter. And I was like, well, if that's my social event for the winter then I need to have at least one possible outfit change because I've only owned one swimsuit my entire life. So uh, not my whole entire life. That would be weird. But I only have one swimsuit at a time that I own. And so I was like, I should probably get a second swimsuit. So I made one of those. And that was challenging but very satisfying. <laughs> That's fun. Yes. So those are my new hobbies if you exclude also starting school again. So. Uh, yeah, how's that? How's that going? School is good <laughs> it's definitely hard I, my my program is all online and that was always what it was meant to be even pre-covid um my cohort are all we're all like working health professionals uh and the idea of our phd program is that sort of we are all exceptionally skilled at 
clinical care or public health in my case. And then this PhD program is to like teach you how to teach what you do well. Um, and so it's like a really di diverse cohort of like nurses and physical therapists and pharmacists and taking cool classes about like learning theory, like how people learn and some psychology and then also about curriculum design, um, which I think has been really helpful working in higher education, even if I'm not currently teaching classes, just like understanding how you build programs where you don't just have students who read a thing, take a test, and then say they learned. It's like really about how do you understand what you're teaching, especially because that's very important in the health professions. Of You want competent nurses and pharmacists to take what they learn in the classroom and actually be able to apply it. Um, and so it's been really neat to be part of that, but it does feel very siloed because I've worked on a, on a higher education campus for 10 plus years. And so to all of a sudden be learning all of this stuff about higher education that I can't actually like physically do because I am at home in front of a computer um, was a little challenging for me. But I think overall, I, I've, I feel pretty good about sort of like the self stuff that I did in 2020. Um, but, you know, it's also the easiest way to like not pay attention to the complete chaos and fall of society uh, that other people ruminate on. <laughs> um, what has brought you joy this year? It's super challenging kind of be doing no. Yeah, it's wild you're doing that. That's so cool. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's, yeah, doing that on top of full-time work uh, is a lot. But at the same time, I'm also just not taking it to, like, the perfection level. I'm just like, don't let great stand in the way of good. Just do something good. <laughs> <laughs> you can pass. Let's see. I, I, yeah, I'm so curious, like, what it's like to do higher education in that way because I just feel like <clears throat> like I worked during college but I worked at like Best Buy mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's a lot different because I'm like they fire me it doesn't really matter <laughs> so work <laughs> is not the priority mm -hmm. um, so and you're doing like real job stuff and so it, it, I don't know and I feel like to some extent questioning how you're learning and stuff can't I feel jaded now like mm -hmm. I feel like I would be such a pain in the butt as a student to be like me mm -hmm. This, person, this professor is BSing, whereas in college, like in bachelor's degree college, I felt like I was more like, oh, this person probably knows what they're doing, except for like. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I mean, I think um, talking to some family members or like friends of family who have young adults who are going or like finishing high school or thinking of going to college or in college and are second guessing if now is really the appropriate time to be in higher education, especially because it costs a lot of money. Um, I'm just like, yeah, it's it, like just being forced through. I don't, it, I don't think it really makes a lot of sense. Um, and so especially working again in sort of a graduate field where in person learning when you're a nurse or a pharmacist or a dentist, like you learn your skills of, human contact by making human contact and learning. Um, but I'm also really sort of excited about the forceful pivot that has had to happen because of this year in 
medicine and health care delivery uh, because I think people are more and more able to see how important the relationships are and, and being able to have technology in order to sort of maintain some of those relationships or like I had the best primary care appointment I've ever had because I had it on telehealth um, like a couple of months ago where it's just like to be able to I don't want to say like you catch up with your primary care provider, but it was much more sort of like at ease and going over like what's happened this year. Like how are all of these different things? Like how's your diet? How's your exercise? How's your mental health? Are you still on this medication? Um, and just being able to like actually have what I consider to be like what the authentic primary care provider relationship should be with a patient, which is like preventative care, but also recognizing like changes in people's lives in the more holistic sense of like the socioeconomic factors that also play into that. Um, and that there's still, even for some people who like maybe are able to connect with primary care providers or other providers um, quicker than in the past where you'd have to make an appointment, like there's still a digital divide for a lot of people who like don't have access to computers or don't have access to um, like some type of network to be able to make an appointment in telehealth and really rely more on clinic appointments. There's all this stuff. I could talk this whole time about all of the things that I love about <laughs> my career and like the world that I live in and like health professions, education and like healthcare giving. Um, but enough about me, Mark. No, it's good. I like hearing it. And I'm, I don't know. I'm in. I'm into the healthcare. It's an interesting field, I guess. Like, I'm glad I'm not in it because I would pass out all the time. But <laughs> from like a user experience standpoint and like design standpoint, I feel like it's so there's so much opportunity in improving a lot of the experiences around it. So it's cool to hear, like how it's how it is real versus like how I imagine it would be. Yeah, and I think I get to see it on these like on one side as a as a student to learn about how professionals learn how to give competent care or how they learn how to give incompetent care in many ways too um but also working in a like community-based research partnership um that is in baltimore with like many community partners that we like work on like healthcare questions with like it is really fascinating to see especially during covid like a lot of people are like well wait a minute this is really important but also what about my diabetes care like or what about mm. my access to um like prenatal testing like all of the issues and health conditions that existed before covid like continue to exist um and i think that's one of the long-term things that we're gonna see is sort of like what types of disparities continue to either grow or get addressed because we've had to make so many significant changes to healthcare access um, over these, the course of the past nine months. So we'll see. I drove, I actually drove by campus uh, a couple of days ago and there's a whole, like a completely new building, like a, that's like a full city block long that has come up across the street from uh, the school that I work in, and apparently there's going to be a Catholic school that's opening up across the street, which is wild. Uh, because I remember like two years ago when they talked about this happening, and I was like, "Yeah, that. How long could that possibly take?" And now I, there's a an entire new school building that has been built in the nine months. I think before it was just a large field, 
Now it's like a fully looking, at least from the outside, looks like a functional building. But I don't know. We'll see what happens in 2021. Um, so. Mm. Yeah. Do you have any 2021 predictions? Who? Um, that's a great question. Ooh. Hmm. I, I mean, I think that it's going to take longer for people to interact in indoor spaces than people still think. it. Like, I think the vaccine is going to take a lot longer than we anticipate it will. Like, I think it's not going to be until like August or September when we get to vaccination rates that actually overtake, uh, sort of like COVID spread. There was a really good uh, commentary in the New York Times a couple of weeks ago that sort of likened it to like the vaccine being a fire hose, but like depending on how large the fire is, like no matter how strong the fire hose is, like if the fire still is larger, like it's going to take a long time. And so, um, I mean, I think that that's part of like, I think that we're still going to spend like six to nine months inside doing the same things we're doing right now. My hope is that things like um, urban gardening or urban animal husbandry, like hens and chickens, uh, continue to take off. I know that's something that has been really big in Baltimore before COVID, but certainly I think more people have gotten into like gardening and home repair and doing it yourself um, in in ways that... I don't think people would have when they would have otherwise like been able to go out and not look at the same like wall that has like a hole in the drywall <laughs> for many months and many like days at a time. Um, and so I, I would like to think that that continues in 2021, that more people really take it upon themselves to like have their home be a place that is like that can cultivate like family and community and skills that like make them have a place that is comforting but also can continue to have projects um i think that people are hopefully going to i don't know like i don't i don't know i don't have any really good predictions i because every day i felt like things were just more chaotic um i'm optimistic that like we'll have a more functional government in 2021 um, but again, it's still going to be responding to a lot of issues that happened over the past nine months, especially around like healthcare, healthcare access and sort of the impact of COVID on hospital settings. Um, I don't know. What type of predictions do you have? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, w I think I'm, I'm with you on that. I think stuff is going to take longer than people think it's going to take. Um, or hope it's going to take. I don't know. I, I think I listened to, uh, I don't remember what the podcast is called, uh, but it had Bill Gates and uh, Dr. Fauci on it, and they were like answering all these like COVID questions. And when they thought it was going to happen, it was just like interesting to hear them talk about all that and stuff. So I don't know. It, uh, I think I'm with you. I, I mean, people can barely buy a PS5 and they're like trying to spend $400 on it. So yeah. I can't imagine something where like you have people like, uh, conceptually saying if you still have anti-vaxxers that's going to be a problem but I think you can still get to most of the populace and so I guess like in that way 
I would guess, I don't know, it, it will matter to the effect that it can matter probably by September or something like that. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm hopeful that, like, the, like, new administration gets, is just, like, way out of the game and we don't know it, just because I like to have some hope. Uh, but who knows, you know, it's going to be a total nightmare. Uh, America's the worst sometimes. So, it's kind of a bummer. And globally, things are also still bad. Right. But, I don't know. <laughs> Other predictions, I would say, are like, I think a lot of things are going to change, hopefully for the better in a lot of ways. Like, I think when you have these, like, super awful times like we've had this year, like, a lot of opportunity comes out of them. A lot of total suffering is part of it um, and is, like, what the cost of it is. But, like, I think a lot of the things, like, dining at a restaurant or splitting a check, like, super tiny, easy things, like, have been solved by something like a QR code, you know? Mm. And you could have told a restaurant that for the last 10 years and they would not have cared because it's not a problem they have, you know? splitting a check doesn't matter to them. It's like your problem. So there's, I think there's a lot of things like that that might be under the surface that might we might have like interesting solutions for or like might just come out of nowhere. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of hopeful in that way. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that uh, the economy hasn't totally collapsed, um, especially with all this like stimulus stuff. I'm like, how do people just like stay alive for so long? Um, with no help. It's yeah, I would like to hope that um, things like uh, mutual aid funds or I think I would like to think that people tip more for those who are getting carry out, at least in Baltimore. We're just recognizing that the system has not supported a lot of members of society and the community in a, in a meaningful way and that it does require us to like come together as a community. Like I do think Andy and I have always been fortunate to live in a very communal neighborhood within Baltimore. Um, but I think more and more people have started to create stronger networks within their neighborhoods and having like more community-based organizing to support neighbors and friends and small business owners. Um, mm -hmm. I recognize that that can't necessarily be universal across cities or across the United States. But I do think that's something that is really special about Baltimore and why I think we've been able to sort of like, I don't want to say like that we've necessarily had a significant impact, but again, it's like the collective impact of recognizing, you know, if all of us tip 25% that it can actually make a difference to like holding on to an additional employee who gets a paycheck. Um, and so it's more about that like collective vision rather than just like me as an individual purchasing dinner on a Thursday night, but it's like, okay, if all of us sort of like do this together um, and that type of accountability, I would like to think that that is something that sort of not only withstands like through 2021, but like beyond of just like how service workers don't typically get living wages and that how important it is to like support the businesses that are trying to do that um, and being able to make decisions as consumers of like where my money can go. Right. Like I am also surprised that like the stock market is doing better than it. Uh, like it's just ex continues to explode. But I'm like, that doesn't actually have a like meaningful like outcome as like yeah like just to society to eat <laughs> like at yeah. the two at like two restaurants a week that i want to support because i know that they are 
giving their workers like particular sort of like benefits that are really hard for small business owners. So um, like, what can I do to be a steward of like that communal support and mutual, mutual aid in a capitalist society? Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I kind of wish we just like, I don't know. We're in this like, just like working in tech, there's all this like jargon and nonsense around disruption and all that kind of crap. And I kind of just wish at some point if something became so universally useful that it was like basically winning at capitalism, I wish it would just become like a public utility. Like, yeah. good job, Uber. You figured out how to make people go from point A to point B very effectively. You are now a public utility. Congrats. And then, you know, <laughs> that's it. And like profits and all this like, it's like a mechanism at this point. Like they're trying to find ways to squeeze more money out of something that has like a cap to like how much money can be squeezed out of it. And I think the same is true of like seamless or something like that. Like it's not doing anything like fundamentally amazing. It's just helping so many people get what they're asking for. And it's just like a weird thing that it's like, well, while we can, we're going to squeeze as much money out of this as we can. So it's just yeah. weird. I mean, I don't like a lot of people are, look at I mean it's like we can look back at 2020 and say like 2020 was such a bad year but it's like actually what I think has been the most prominent uh issue issue doesn't even like that like pales and of what I'm trying to say but it's like the biggest thing is just like how all of the systems failed right mm -hmm. like all of the systems that were supposed to like protect like human health that were supposed to protect like social services that were supposed to all of the, the mechanisms that sort of have barely been holding on for many years at this point, like sort of, it became very clear that in a complete crisis that like these systems don't actually promote well-being. or again, I think, think like thinking about voting for instance, there's still lots of people who are not voting because the systems aren't going to change. Right. Like, right. um, and, and so I think I would hope that if more people, especially people who have like positions of privilege, like myself, um, or my coworkers or like my colleagues or my friends, it's like, we knew that these were not perfect systems and they could never like, perfection does not exist in especially like these bureaucratic systems, but recognizing that where are all of these bottlenecks or like how this funding is allocated, like we, we as constituents, like do we have positions of power within local government to be able to persuade or enforce new policies that then can create more equity in, you know, like rent protections or, um, WIC funding or, and I'm sure that there, maybe there are people in this podcast who are like, you don't have any idea what you're talking about. And that's fair. Um, but I would like to think that we, I know that at least in like Baltimore city, like we're having some pretty significant changes for like our mayor's office. And I'm optimistic that hopefully more people will be actually engaged to help drive the priorities that are most important for our city to be better 
at like supporting the people that live in it. Um, and that might be like a total pipe dream. Um, but I would like to think that that's also part of what, you know, at least in the summer, like a lot of people who are organizing around black lives matter and like supporting a lot of those efforts, like that, that doesn't just disappear, but like recognize that like we all have the capacity to be able to like influence local government, um, and start moving things in a direction that I don't know, like hopefully can make things better and make governments and systems more accountable to the people that they serve. But I don't know how New Yorkers or Brooklynites feel about their local governments and like seeing how things have sort of happened, you know, over, over the course of nine months or like if you see any changes sort of happening on like a government level, um, where you live or if it's just like, ah, I live in my own little microcosm, like whatever happens, happens. Well, I mean, I feel like different parts of Brooklyn, there's a lot of bubbles in New York, period. Yeah. Like, you go upstate and it's, like, super red and you stay in, like, this neighborhood in Brooklyn, it's super blue, but, like, a couple neighborhoods over, super red. So it's kind of crazy. Hmm. Um, I mean, I've thought about it a lot from, like, a, I don't know. At the end of the day, like, we say the word system a lot, but really it's, like, a game we've agreed to. Hmm. Like, we agree to the rules of the game. And some people play by the rules of the game, and some people don't. And we have, like, law, in theory, as a way to enforce the rules of the game. But, uh, like we just saw with these, like, billion pardons that were, like, totally unjustified, uh, the game is a game, and you can play it however you want to play it. So I'm curious to what aspect that might change over time and, like, in the next few years. It's like, I feel like things have been pretty... Uh, fundamentally challenged in so many ways that I think to live in a way where you're like, well, we just said what the rules are, we respect what the rules are. And like, you like fold your arms and you stare and you're like, I disapprove of not following the rules. Uh, there's like a whole party that doesn't care. <laughs> so <Right. laughs> you, you, I feel like it's to some extent, you kind of just do what you want. <laughs> and that's like the reality, I think. And nobody wants that. Everyone wants some rules, I think. But everyone disagrees on what they should be and all that. So I don't know. But I think that it's pretty clear that there's so much, like, I don't know. I always thought America was really hard to take down because it's like a, a garble of nonsense. Like, there's all these, like, rules that mean this and they contradict these other rules. You can't do that. Um, and so it's kind of like this, like, weird fish fishing line tangle where you're like, well, if you wanted to get to, like, if one end of the line is point A and point B is, like, where you want to go, good luck, because you have to get through all of this other garbage. So, I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time with it, I guess. It's, like, the easy way to say it. Like, I try to think of it in, like, more uh, smaller and abstract pieces, because I think that's, like, what ends up being most effective. The more specific I've found, the less likely it is to actually do what you want it to do. Um, even if, like, it gets used in a different way. It's like, I don't know, like, spreadsheets or something. <laughs> like, they're meant to be, like, a ledger, but, like, you can use it to draw a picture. It doesn't really matter. There's, like, so many things you can do. So, uh, yeah, I definitely, I mean, I definitely think that if you try and process the whole system as one, like, one, that's not how anything works, Right. Like mm -hmm. each little like any system is made up of all of these smaller parts. And 
the system can be broken at one part or it can be broken in multiple parts. Uh, and that just leads, that can lead to an entire failure for the entire system. Um, but I think that's always like, I tend to focus on those smaller, I don't want to call them battles, but like the smaller areas of like, where can I actually like make a difference versus thinking as like as an individual who is a citizen of America like I have no power all of these things are out of my control which is there's it's true there are so many things that are outside of my control but focusing on like what are the things that are actually within my control and part of that is like grounding myself and like what are the resources that are available to me and also listening to uh again whether it's colleagues friends uh you know like the advocacy groups that are across our city because again like we have a very we have a very diverse and also like a very segregated city and so recognizing like who are the leaders within different communities uh within baltimore who are trying to like prioritize particular items and like how can those resources sort of be shifted and prioritized like throughout a city that creates more like equity across um and i and I, I mean i get i work for a really powerful institution within the city and like recognizing that um, I have weight within that system to be able to sort of advocate and make change. But it's, it's not to say that, like, I, I think that I personally make a difference. It's just, like, recognizing, like, what is it within my control and what I have the power to do and that I can try and, like, make these connections so that there is less failures within the system or that there are other mechanisms in place to create alternate resources when those systems are failing. Um, and so I would like to think that that is my like optimistic perspective of like, again, when you see these systems failing, like I think more people are willing to say, okay, well, what can I do to help? And if we can organize sort of that type of stuff to create again, like mutual aid environments for people who need rent assistance, like, the system should be able to do that, but we're also a community that should be able to support one another. And it's not based on like particular check marks of like what makes any one person more uh, worthy of those types of resources versus just like every person in our city should be able to get those resources if they need them. Totally. Anyway. Yeah, I guess like, like on the like optimistic side there, like I do think when you are in super local, like system like that yeah it's easier to imagine a nice thing happening and i guess that's why it's like when you look at the bigger picture of like the nation or whatever it's pretty easy to see how it goes wrong because there's so many places for it to go wrong yeah um just just like any kind of machine the more parts there are the more that can fail so right but, i mean i don't know it's it's interesting because you see like all these like bad things happening and then i'm like i feel like i'm in new york and everything's like pretty okay all things given all, all the circumstances at hand are not great, but things are relatively, like, I don't feel like I'm going to die the second I walk outside. I don't want to go outside all the time, but um, I do feel like the people around me are, like, being responsible, generally. Sure. Which I don't know that I would feel the same way in other places. Yeah, I definitely think, I mean, in a couple of years, I mean, I, I just think that a lot is a lot more is going to change um, in terms of sort of the geographies and where people live. Like I think that a lot of, I know a lot of people who have left places like San Francisco or New York to move to smaller cities or more rural communities or like move back 
home to be closer to family. Um, and if that's something that is a permanent change, I don't know, right? Versus, you know, in 2022, will people who were living in San Francisco decide to go back to San Francisco? Maybe rents will be cheaper or maybe it'll be worse. Um, I also know that there are a lot of people, especially in like the healthcare space, where I think rural health has always been challenged by resource allocation. And I'm concerned that the type of like burnout and saturation uh, that's sort of occurring because of COVID and again, like cultural norms in areas that are like COVID doesn't exist. Um, like I worry about what the impacts will be in more rural environments for the, like the long-term health outcomes, because I think a lot of providers are going to leave those areas. Um, and so what's going to happen? I mean, I think that like could lead to more innovation in the telehealth space, but if you don't have emergency doctors in areas where people are already having to drive long distances in order to get care, like, um, I think that they're just going to be like, I don't, I don't think that disparities, I think they're just going to be more, they're going to be more disparities in health, especially geographically, uh, in, you know, like the next one to five years. Um, but again, I would like to think that maybe there's like an acceleration of innovation around, Healthcare systems, um, especially in like telehealth, to get people care faster when it doesn't require like a physical intervention like surgery. <laughs> right. Um, totally. But who knows? Mm. Do you, Do you have any resolutions for twenty twenty one? I never make resolutions because I just know I want to do them. So like, <laughs> I'm going to get get a six pack. But I eat. Like, I'm going to get a dog. Tater tots. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be doable, but I don't know. Do you? Um, I, I think that my resolutions tend to be, like, quantifiable. So one of the, like, one of my things was, like, I'm going to make nine garments in 2020. It's called, like, the, the Instagram, like, hashtag for sewers is, like, the make nine 2020 mm. or make nine 2021 because it fits in a very nice square of having, you know, not mm. a three by three grid. Um, I think I made nine garments this year. I, I, I mean, I think one of the things that I'm most grateful for this year is just being more happy at home. I, uh, I used to use like travel as my, like relaxation strategy and going to national parks and doing that stuff. And I definitely miss like being outside more um, for like long extended periods of time, like taking a week to be out in a national park or in a national forest um, versus like being at home. And I think, I don't want to say it's a resolution, but I would hope to spend more time outside also exploring state parks. Maryland is full mm. of so many state parks and West Virginia is so close by and West Virginia just got its a national park. Um, I think it, I forget, I think it was on the 26th as they named it, um, which it's like four hours from here. But um, I think it's just like try and hike more. I think that I didn't feel like I got outside as much this year as I usually do, especially because I could no longer rock climb inside. Um, and that was something that I was doing con very consistently before COVID. So I think I just want to be outside 
I feel like I was outside more, but I didn't do a lot of outdoor activities. And so I would like to do more of those in 2021, especially because uh, that's still going to be like the only way to socialize is like outside <laughs> for, for the next year. So that's a good one. I like yeah. that. Also, we took Sadie for a hike on, I guess, last Saturday. Um, with some friends like out at one of like the large parks just outside of the city. And we walked, we did like a, I mean, we, yeah, we did like a five mile hike and she was thrilled. It was, I have never seen her walk so consistently so fast for such an extended period of time. Uh, (laughs) She's cause she's a very lazy dog usually, but it was clear that it's like, Oh, she also wants to be outside more than we, we take her on walks during the day. Um, and so I think that that gives us an excuse too. just like, let's just go out. You know, it's like get Sadie some, uh, some fresh air and tire her out. So she stops yelling at trucks all the time. Cause she, she just yells at the UPS truck every single, every single day, every single day. <laughs> She's convinced that it will someday come inside the house, I think. But so far that has not yet happened. She's so cute. I love Sadie. I love Lenny. Yeah, maybe they'll boy. maybe they'll get to be on the the New Year's Day podcast. It's just it's just a picture of them on the the podcast thread, staring and not recognizing a phone because Sadie doesn't know what phones are. So, Lenny, does Sadie know what like TV? No, she doesn't. It's actually quite funny. Like. Um, I, I think, I know that there's some dogs who, if they like see other animals on a screen, but she just doesn't get it. Like she will lay and watch things with me, but she doesn't pay any attention to what's actually happening on a screen. Does Lenny, Uh, does Lenny respond? Totally. hundred percent. Lenny knows exactly what's going on and pays attention to different things. It's so weird. I've never seen it before, but... Yeah, like that. Yeah, we're talking about you. <laughs> Who's there? Is it a truck? Bark bark if it's a truck. Bark if it's a human. I can play this game all day, but... Um. <laughs> yeah, Lenny hates... Uh... That's his enemy. I don't know why, and it makes me wonder how he'll react to like real-life horses, but definitely... Definitely knows what a horse looks like and doesn't like it. <laughs> Not a horse boy, it sounds like. No. He doesn't even like uh, like things. I don't know if it's just horses or things with four legs. I, he, we used to like watch this like dog TV thing on YouTube when we were, we'd go out of the house. Mm-hmm. We just like put on dog TV so he can like watch this like relaxing dog on a beach thing. <laughs> and he used to be chill, chill with that. And like, I think we, we read or somebody told us like, the more you do that, like, the more they're, like, comfortable with dogs because they're seeing them all the time. So they don't scream when they see one, uh, which that didn't work. <laughs> He's, like, such a, like a psycho with dogs. So weird. Huh. But, but, yeah. Yeah. I don't, Sadie, I think for animals that, like, larger dogs, potentially horses, although she, I don't think she's ever seen a horse in real life since she's been with us. Um, I think she's like, that thing is larger than I am. So I'm just gonna, she might just still yell at it considering trucks are also bigger than her. And you could say have four legs. 
I'll have like to test the theory. I do. There, it, there is a part of me, though, I will not say that I was a horse girl. Like, I did like horses as a child. Um, and so I kind yeah. of want to test the theory of see how Sadie would do around horses. But I maybe, thought that, maybe that could be something. Yeah. The 2021 resolution. Introduce Sadie to a horse. Don't tell Andy. <laughs> <laughs> That seems safe. <laughs> um, have you watched any good movies at the end of this year? Uh, good question. I was just filling out a little movie list. Um, I have this little like Slack group, and we have this Movie Buds channel, and I was just updating it for like a best of 2020 thing. Um, I, I don't know what movies we've watched recently. We've been so many TV shows. Um, we just finished The Mandalorian. Ooh, I have not watched season so, two yet. Ooh, so fun, so much fun, very fun. Let. <laughs> um, but I don't know movie wise. I watched. Well, since you have Disney, I highly recommend watching Soul, the new Pixar. Oh yeah. Film. It's so good. <laughs> We were going to watch that on Christmas, but I think we watched uh, Christmas Vacation instead, Ooh. which is very different. <laughs> Definitely different. I highly recommend watching Soul. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And then I got in this like deep, uh, I don't know if conspiracy is the right word, but like conspiracy page online about how all Pixar films exist in the same universe over like a 4,000 year period of time which is never really discussed, but it was fascinating. Like it has all, it shows like all these little Easter eggs of these different things of like why, uh, I don't want to spoil it for you or listeners, but it's truly fascinating of that the, like the beginning of, I guess what is the, the first movie that's in the timeline is Brave because that takes place in like the 14th century and it's when like the magic exists where, objects and animals become like sentient talking feeling beings and then which is why when you get to like the 90s and it's toy story like all these things it's, it makes it like this is the reason that they are real it's because of magic and then it goes through like the 90s and then the 2000s and then like the fall of society and like all humans have to leave earth as it happens in wally and mm. then like Ca the the cars series exists after humans like no longer exist on earth but that's the reason that they're all still sentient is because of this magic that has existed for many years and then it it's like fast forward to uh like 3000 uh i guess ad <laughs> that's the time <laughs> <laughs> um which is when a bug's life happens because it's after like the earth has like started to restore itself and then like Monsters Inc. happens in like 4000 AD. And then there are like particular things of like, there's actually a channel to like go back to like back in time. And like, that's where they're going where like they, in order for like the energy is based on human laughter, like all this stuff. It's fascinating. I'll send it to you if you're interested or I'll make any put it in the show notes because now I'm like, I need to, I need to understand this universe. Also, I haven't seen half the Pixar films that they talk about because like I was like, why would I ever watch a Pixar film about cars? 
But now I have a reason to, is to understand this universe that exists. And that sounds more fun than like, uh, I don't know, other bad TV shows I could watch. I don't know. I guess I could watch The Mandalorian. That wouldn't be bad. Yeah, see that? But also, Pixar is fun, so. It's true. Powering through those. I'm, I feel like I haven't seen a Pixar movie in forever. We watched, what's it called, Onward? I think we watched that. Um, it was the one with the, like, rock... Uh, I think it's Chris. No, is it Chris Pratt? Chris Pratt is like a brother person. They're like searching for their like dad or whatever. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Definitely cried, but it was yeah. good. I cried for uh, the full last like 35 minutes of Soul. Um, oh, so I highly recommend <laughs> it's, it's It's really good. It's so good. I really think uh, you and Linda would enjoy it. And plus it. it's, it's only like 100 minutes long. That's it? Yeah. It's a nice number. It's a good number. <laughs> well, right? It's like fun. TV shows. You end up like binging it for hours on end, which is great. But you, also, you start it and you're like, oh, this episode of Schitt's Creek is only 22 minutes long. And then three hours year later, you're like, wow, I just watched half a season of Schitt's Creek in a night. Um, <laughs> oops. Totally. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I have uh, three episodes left. I'm, we'll uh, see if I finish. I know. Like the – I'm. I'm really excited. I hated I hated the first five episodes, but I powered through, and now I am a believer. I am a convert to the Shit's Creek uh, Club. So, um, so that's a good show. It's so good. Um, anyway, yeah. So we'll see. I feel like I don't. I mean, I definitely watched a lot of TV this year, um, but at the same time, what else am I doing? It's dark outside. <laughs> I don't like this whole sunset situation at 4.30. Not a fan. Zero stars. The days are getting longer, though. So we're on the upswing. I do like that. Yeah. Well, we were going to try to go to like, Joshua Tree or something and drive across the country and be in the middle of the desert for a little while. Ooh. But that's it. that didn't work out just because, you know, everyone's dying. So That is true. Um, but but we, when Andy and I drove to Oklahoma... We did stay in a national forest in Indiana. That was the one of the most pleasant, like, overnight camping experiences that I've ever had. Um, like, super clean, quiet campsite, super clean bathrooms. Like, no one else was there because it was the middle of the week. Um, so I think if you find places like national uh, forests, which are a little less crowded than national parks sometimes. I bet you could find some pretty good ones between here and jo- or New York and Joshua Tree. Mm. What do you think? Like, how did you, did you have to like reserve any spots ahead of time or did you just like figure it out as you went? We reserved, uh, we, we actually reserved the same spot, <laughs> like the same exact campsite in the campground, both going to Oklahoma and coming back. So, there's the online reservation system for I think all national forest and national park, like any type, any, anything under uh, like the national park service, you can do like at recreation.gov, I think. And it shows you a map and there are a lot of campgrounds, especially in the off season, which is now, um, which are all like first come first serve. Uh, and sometimes they do have some reservations. And so if you were like, I want to make sure that I can secure a campsite, but a lot of the places are first come first serve in the off season. Um, and typically 
I would say like it doesn't get very crowded. Um, last like last January, I spent a week out in Zion and Bryce, and I think we we could not reserve our campsite at Zion, but we ended yeah. up staying there like all five days, and so like every day, just like before the like. Uh, like the rangers would come around and be like we're gonna stay for another day also because it was like like negative 17 degrees uh in bryce and we're like we don't feel like trying to like pitch our tent in negative degree weather it's much nicer and warmer here in zion so um but yeah that's like i i love i love winter camping um and plus i think depending on what route you go if you were to if you were to go to joshua tree and you went on like the southern side like it would still be kind of cold but you would probably miss a lot of like the worst weather um and again like i'm i would happy i that was like my my de-stress ideation was always like planning these like very complex uh like road trips to like multiple state forests and state parks or like national forests and national parks and i would like send andy these itineraries that were like here's like a three-week trip to like visit all the national parks in or like the four large national parks in colorado and he's like okay (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like not that i plan on necessarily doing that but like here if we were to do this like i have like the full like uh what is it like the the vision board of like all of these road trips that we've never taken. Um, which is why I had a really great time planning multiple road trips to Oklahoma, which hopefully we will take advantage of because we have good friends who live there now and we're not going to be flying anytime soon. Um, but yeah, I love, that was like a big fun thing of just like, what are like landmarks that are worth seeing? And again, being outside, I grew up, I, I don't know how much like, I grew like I was a city person like I didn't camp the first time I ever camped was when I was in college and so it's only been like in the past like 10 years that I've become like a big I want to be outside and camp outside and like do outdoor stuff for extended periods of time um and so like I I think of that as like a very creative space just because Mm -hmm. it's so different from anything that like I did growing up um so I get very I get very amped when other people tell me about like road trips they want to take. So I will live vicariously through the two of you. If you decide to go to Joshua tree. We'll see. Oh, I would love to. I'm with you on that though. I totally find so much joy in planning all these trips. I may never take, but really want to do just like, well, we could do, I I always give Linda like a spreadsheet with a bunch of like links and stuff to it. Like, well, we can go from A to B to C to D, or we can go A to C to D to B or, and then she's just like, okay, uh, uh, there's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I have. I mean, I think too the the thing that I love about sort of like road trips and camping is that how I think that like if you have everything in your car, that's like that just, like no matter what happens, like you're gonna be okay. Um, totally. And I think that's the thing that I really love about being outside or like by camping, where it's like oh, like this trail is closed like we'll just find another trail or it's like oh we um are sort of like it's it's going to be raining all day well then like let's go do this other thing instead or like we can just sit in our tents and like read all day and like do all that stuff so um i just find it's like more flexible than i think i tend to be very like i want my time to be efficient when Mm -hmm. i have time i have i have a problem with a 
I don't know. If, well, no, it's a problem. It's like of being efficient. Like it's just, it's like on my Saturday, I want my Saturday to be so incredibly efficient. I like wake up, I walk the dog, I go grocery shopping. I like do other errands. I come back, I put laundry in, I go out for coffee and a walk with a friend. I come back, maybe I'll take a nap. And then it's like dinner time, you know, like, and I'm just like, oh, I had the most productive day. And I think I also miss that because I'm not out of my house very often. So those are the days that I'm like, yeah, it's going to take me three hours to go grocery shopping. I got to walk through every aisle. I got to make the most of this experience outside of my house. uh, Linda always calls this thing the satisfizer maximizer thing. Mm. Um, But it's interesting because I think we do it in different ways. So it sounds like. It sounds like you are a maximizer in that way. Whereas I think she is like, she's a maximizer in that same way. But for me, those days stress me out. I want to hang out and like not plan. I, I like planning like checkpoints. Like, okay, at three, we'll like do this thing. And then, you know, at this time, we'll do this thing. So we have like free time to roam about the cabin mm. <laughs> in, the, in the dead time. But I think she's like, like a few weeks ago or whatever, I had to like check my car out, get it like maintained. And so I like planned it weeks in advance and it was like the one thing I knew I had to do. It was on a Saturday. So I was like, that's all I want to do. I don't want to do anything else. And she had planned like three other things. And I was like, oh no, (laughs) I was already prepared for the one thing. And we have like three other things that we're now doing that I didn't want to do. We ended up having a totally fine day and everything was nice, but it's just, she totally loves doing that kind of stuff. Like, well, I thought, well, since we're going to be not home, we'll have this thing happen while we're not home. And then this thing while we're in the city and then this thing totally optimizing for that yeah I I tend to do that as well I think it's um because it's very easy for me to have if I only have one thing planned to then just be like eh do I really need to do that one thing today versus like the sort of like planning everything together though it can be yes very overwhelming for the people who go on that ride with me um then it's like all right like all the stuff is getting done today and I get really excited about it but I think Mm. I tend to if it's just like one thing I have to do if I don't get it done first thing in the morning then I get stressed out about it like that is I think maybe something from like (laughs) I just I always my Saturday mornings are like the day the time that you run errands because everyone is asleep and there are no lines and everyone's in a good mood who is outside because they know that all the people who would be cranky to be outside are sleeping um (laughs) But, like, otherwise I'd be thinking about it all day. And I'm like, why think about it when I can just do it first and then I have the whole rest of the day to lounge or do whatever I want. Sadie agrees with me. I mean, that's fine. I'm curious. How do you shop? Do you shop in that same way? Like, if you were going to buy a couch, how do you make that purchase? Wow. That's a big question. Is this in a hypothetical universe where I live by myself or in the universe that I live in with Andy Mangold? Okay. Uh, let me pick a different object. <laughs> I think couch is not uh, – I'm going to say vacuum or something like that, something kind of like boring, mm. but like you need it or something, like a vacuum. Mm. So I probably would do some research such as – ask my friends what type of vacuum if they've bought a vacuum recently and if so they have one that they like I would go to the wire cutter because I think that they do decent reviews and that would probably be the extent of it and then I'd be like what is on sale at Bed Bath and Beyond um, <laughs> or evacuumstore.com which I've also gotten very uh, 
intimate with over the over the years when I'm like, I need a small filter for this vacuum that we have that is now like 10 years old. Um, I think I think this would be a probably a satisfizer type of purchase of like what is something considering like our lifestyle that like will work like what will work for pet hair mm. and like is not super heavy I would have like very particular things I would look at and then I'm like if that works and it's like easy to get great done and not really think too much about it again it's also something that's like not an object that is seen in the house so it truly is utilitarian um, mm. but I would also feel comfortable spending money like over $200 on a vacuum that I knew would like actually clean up all of Sadie's hair. Mm. What about you? How would you go about purchasing a vacuum? Um, like a, 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 a manic person. Um, <laughs> I would definitely check out Wirecutter. I would read all the reviews. Then I would like basically read other reviews that are like more user review things. I'm mm -hmm. such a surveyor of like, what's the best one? And yeah, of all the things, like, what do I think is going to fit, fulfill all these criteria? So I try to, like, make sure it's going to be the thing. I research it for way too long, so long. Um, like, uh, a similar example of this exact thing was, like, I was thinking about, before pandemic stuff started, building, uh, like, a little gaming machine, like, gaming PC, for years. <laughs> years and years and years. I was like, ah, should I do it? I don't know. Maybe. Yes. No. And then I like, research all this stuff. And then I'm like slowly putting like packaging stuff together after reading review after review after review. And to me, it's like a big purchase. I'm like, this thing's going to be over a thousand dollars. That's a big deal. So it's got to be the right stuff because I can't, I also am really bad <laughs> at returning things. Like if I get it and it's not the right thing, I'll probably just swallow that hit and never return Ooh. it because I, I'm so bad at going. I hate going to the UPS store. Oh, see, just, I'm like, very don't. good at returning things. I am. Ugh. I like I often I don't want to say often because I don't actually buy that much stuff. But there the times that I buy things, I would say 50 percent of the time is I will probably return it. I wish I had Without that using it. I will say like, it's not that I use it. I'm like, I don't like this anymore. And then I return it. It's like, I get it. And I was like, actually, I don't need this. And then I would just return it. Um, I have, I'm very comfortable with, with doing that. Um, but I understand. Yeah. It's, it is also a pain in the butt. Cause you're like, ugh. then I have to get a return label. And then I have to take it to the store. I have to wait in line at like at the USPS and like all that stuff. So I understand that uh, sometimes to commit. I mean, especially because all of these things are being, bought online however i will say that actually if there's one thing that i have come to appreciate a little bit more during these times is that it's like i need a thing where can i find this thing like can i get it from like the local hardware store and then like calling the hardware store i mean like do you have this in stock and yes or no and if not and then it's like okay i'm gonna call Home Depot and like, is it in stock in your store? Yes, no. And if it's, it's like, all right, I am going today to go get, pick that up because otherwise it will never come. It will never come to our house. Um, I think it's also too, like Andy and I don't use Amazon. And so in the past where it's like, oh, you can find anything and it'll be here tomorrow. And so having mm -hmm. to like actually do like a little bit more 
work to find particular things, which is why, again, I like evacuumstore.com has become my friend for finding like vacuum filters because it's the only place I can find them because I don't, I can't get them on Amazon. Totally. Yeah. I get that. I, I do, I've been trying to do more of that. Like we still use Amazon some, but I'm trying more and more to like just, it's not that much harder to like Google another place or like find a place that's local that might have it. Um, and I don't know, there's so many stores on Shopify too, that are like kind of amazing little places. It mm. feels like a little, lots of little mom and pop things on the internet. Yeah. So that's I fun think, too. I mean, that's something too, that is nice. Or it's like, if I'm going to a, like a small store, like there's, very limited options of what I can get, right? So I think for a vacuum cleaner, which like is a place like a large big box store like Bed Bath & Beyond, which will have like multiple models, right? And like unless there is a specific model that I'm like, this is the supreme one and I need to order it specific from like its place. Um, But when it's, you know, like if there is a small shop on like in our neighborhood that has you know, skincare products. And I'm like, this is the only store, like these are my options, right? I need new, like, I don't know. I don't wear makeup. I was going to use makeup as an example and that didn't make any sense. Like a facial mask, (laughs) not the cloth one, like for moisturizing and making my face very glowy and bright, which has been something I've also gotten really into in 2020. Um, It's like, all right, like this store has like these three masks, which mask do I want, right? Instead of being like going to like a, big store and being like, wow, this like large big box beauty store has 20 hundred masks for me to choose from. Which one do I choose? Did I make the right decision? Versus being like, no, I had three masks to choose from. I chose this one. It's great. Or it's not. And if it's not, then like, oh, well, I tried. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. I like that. I, mean, yeah. I, I, I feel like I, with, with a small amount of options, I could do okay. I think it's, it's like when it's, what is the best of this thing? Yeah. I have a, I have a hard time. <laughs> yeah. Were there any purchases this year that you were like, yes, nailed it. Oh, good question. Um, what? bought so much random stuff this year, uh, but I didn't think I'd buy. I've got, I've tried to get better at buying things generally. I feel like I, I look at a thing for months and months and months and just don't get it. And in the meantime, like Linda's like lived her life <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I got, I got the stuff I need. Right. And just buy the thing. You keep talking about the thing. Yeah. You get the thing. Um, what are good ones? Mm, well, I'm excited about one, but I haven't gotten it yet. And that's a rowing machine. Oh. I've been thinking about getting that forever. Cool. Where are you going to put it in your apartment? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, I mean, that's where it's going to be. So. <laughs> That's so cool. We, fortunately, we have a backyard, so when it's sunny and stuff, and not that out, I might put it outside. That's but, awesome. Yeah. So, and, and I know you can get covers for them, so I kind of almost want to put it outside. Um, I mean, you'll get, get hot and outside. sweaty, so like even if it's outside, it'll be like a cold morning on the water. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I'm thinking. A little bit. We we've talked about it being upstairs in the bedroom, um, but there's so much stuff in the house. It's a little bit like claustrophobic so i don't know also linda was like why don't you put it here dear she has a peloton and she's like put it over by here and then it's like our little workout station but i I want it to be by more light than that area gets so Mm. i don't know but 
I just, it, again, it's one of those things I looked at like every day almost for like months and months and months, the exact same one. I looked at other ones were like, these ones are stupid. This is the one I want. And so I just like finally hit the trigger. And it's kind of because another friend of mine ended up purchasing it based on my recommendation before I could hit the trigger. <laughs> I was wow. like, I've been thinking about this one forever. And she's like, I got it. I was like, <laughs> You're like I think I it's time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm excited about that. That'll be fun, I think. That is. It's nice to have like a change in a routine. And I mean, it's a workout. Rowing machines are hard. Mm-hmm. I think they're fun and therapeutic. Or it feels that way. Yeah. Oh, that'll be good. How about you? Did you get anything that you're like, oh, nailed it. This is the thing. What did I, did I nail this year? Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm really happy. I bought some new socks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm very, there are particular things that I'm very brand loyal to. One of those is, uh, hopefully sponsored content. Uh, it's not sponsored content, but maybe they would sponsor me in the future because I would love more, uh, darn tough socks. I was about to say smart wool and that is definitely incorrect. Um, but I, I bought Andy new darn tough socks for his birthday because he had holes in his old ones. And then I realized that I could return the old ones because they have a lifetime guarantee. And so I shipped off his holy darn tough socks and then got like a very significant credit for three pairs of socks. And I was like, I'm going to buy these for myself because I already bought Andy new pairs and I'm very happy with them. Um, These ones, they feel like little hugs on my feet. Um, And they're very warm and they have a little bit of cushion. So they're also multi-purpose of like being really nice house socks, but also they will be very good for hiking in my future hiking days. Um, Mm. And so those are the things that, again, like a very, I feel like most of the things that I bought this year were like utilitarian things. So Mm. what are things that I am wearing every single day? um, And, or like using, I mean, one upgrade, which has, I think improved, some gaming time that Andy and I have is that we both play Magic the Gathering. Um, mm. Andy plays sort of more intensively than I do, but I have a couple of decks that I made small improvements to this year um, in terms of like their power level so that I felt I could go a little more tete-a-tete to Andy in his decks. Um, and so that has been fun to sort of be able to like power up my deck a little bit more. Um, but other than that, I think that I've been really happy with the, like, I think Andy and I, like, ate takeout more this year, which was really nice. Like, explore some restaurants that, again, like, we supported that had new menus. That was cool. Um, and. That's fun. Yeah. I think that's, that's about it. Not quite as exciting as a rowing machine, but, you know, socks, Magic the Gathering. Still pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> I just was thinking about giant things. So I was like, that's the probably the biggest thing that's the most stressful. Mm. <laughs> I got some slippers and I have like not had slippers for a really long time. And I got like t- basically like a set of indoor toms, more or less. And then a set of like slippers, like cozy feet slippers. And those have been super nice all winter long. 
it's like those are also fun I, I don't know why my mom always used to want me to wear slippers when i was a kid and i was like a, i was like this is dumb I don't, I don't want slippers mom i'm a cool kid i don't get and then and i'm like it's cozy yeah i very much i have a nice pair of slippers but uh andy and i we both bought do we buy this year or last year whenever we started like we were just like we need some like garden house like shoes for just going quickly outside and so we both bought like the pairs of like the plastic Birkenstocks and so our main move is just wearing our socks in our Birkenstocks not just inside but like also outside um it's very we look so cool there are some days where I'm like I need to go to the grocery store and I'm like do I even put real shoes on or do I just go out like this Uh, wow yeah 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 I'm really dressing to impress these days I think um you know living my best life love it I I think Linda got like two or three pairs of the exact same like Birkenstocks or something like she had some pair that she wore through finally and she's like I need these forever so I'm gonna get three and then I'll never have to buy them again I think she's living that same life she's like what don't look at me it's fine socks and Birks it's it's a good look for sure well (laughs) well I should probably run get going on this ice cream plan if I want to have ice cream for dinner Um, but it was great to catch up with you Mark likewise thanks for thanks for chatting uh, yeah, I wish you. you I wish you the best going into 2021 and I hope to talk to you again soon. Likewise. Yeah. Take it easy. You too, bud. Bye. See you. Andy, I finished and I don't know how to turn the recording off. The stop button?